Hey everybody, I'm Sasha Feiler. I'm Stephen Cohen. And this is Shut, Shut Up, Up, I, I Love it. it. A show where our guest comes on to champion an aspect of the culture that is underrated, underappreciated, or just generally underloved. And who do we have in the studio today? And joining us today, she works in public relations in Washington, the District of Columbia. He, that's right, there's that's two right. guests. He is an entertainment journalist in wow. Washington, District wow. of Columbia. What a duo. I gotta say, though, these <laughs> these are pretty spare credits. Uh, but, I'm used to having stars of stage and screen. But they're punchier, like, you know, because they're like, they have to do with government. And I don't know, like, I just immediately have a lot of respect for these people. I just, just don't based know. Based on these credits. I just don't know how they got booked. And honestly, my mind complained. Well, there is a reveal coming up. To <laughs> Should we spoil it? Yeah, spoiler alert. They are my sister, Lauren Cohen, and her husband, Rudy Greenberg. Hello. Lauren, did you hey change guys. your name when you guys got married? Mm-mm. No, I'm an independent woman. Is that a sore subject, Rudy? No, I'm cool with it. Cool. It was kind of my, I was like, I don't want her to take it. Oh, it was your name. idea. Well, I think it's part of her identity. Yeah. You think it's part of her identity. There's only one Lauren Cohen in the world, so. <laughs> it's definitely not a common name. Never no. never heard that combination. And nobody ever heard that combination. Right? She wouldn't be LC anymore. Mm. LG, though. She's pretty strong. <laughs> <laughs> well, too late because they got married, what, at least two years ago, I think. Three, right? Over three years you ago. Just... And Stephen, I mean, you should know by now what your sister's last name is, right? <laughs> I should. Yeah. yeah, I definitely should. But you don't. <laughs> but now I do. But now you do. So the balance has been restored to the universe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, luckily for us, these two crazy kids are visiting Los Angeles from washington the district of columbia our capital not to be mixed with uh, washington state which takes a long time to figure out when you come to this country from oh, siberia yeah? yeah you're like why they're two washingtons <laughs> and they're nowhere near each other no uh, and one of them is not even a state one of them has nothing to do with george washington right george really? washington never went to washington state i don't think so there's no way he could have gotten no. out there but we're not here to talk about American history. <laughs> no, the topic they chose was not Washington State. Lauren and Rudy, what are we talking about today? We are here to talk about The Bold Type. Mm -hmm. Freeform Adam. television series, mm -hmm. The Bold Type, mm -hmm. starring Katie Stevens, Aisha D, and Megan Fahey. 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 As three women who work at a, a women's magazine like Scarlet. Cosmo, right? It's supposed to be like it's, Cosmopolitan. It's based on Cosmopolitan. Okay. I believe Joanna Coles is a executive producer. She is either the former or current editor of Cosmo. She was an editor or the editor from 2012 to 2016, I think. Yeah, I believe she may also narrate uh, like some stuff on is the show. Is she British? Doesn't yes. she do okay. a little like... I think you're right. Because yeah. there's a... At, so we watched three episodes. Sasha and I watched three episodes. Well, I, I watched three. may have watched just the pilot and then research the storylines for the rest of the show spoiler hey, alert not because i hated the you show did what you could i just did what i could and you know and sometimes it's interesting to see what you think of the show based on just the pilot because i am very interested in general about pilots and how they're like you know set the yeah. tone for the show uh yeah so i watched three episodes i watched the pilot i watched the season one finale and i watched the season three premiere and in the season one finale there is a recap at the beginning of the episode where 
a British woman is recapping what happened over the course of the season. I'm, who is this? I had no idea who that was. I think it's Joanna Coles. Okay. It could be. Now I know. And you didn't just randomly watch those three episodes. Those were recommended mm, right. by our guests. Yes, mm-hmm. those were the three episodes which, Lauren and Rudy told us to watch. Which I guess should be one of our questions as to why those episodes. Obviously the pilot, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. what is it? Why that... are those landmark episodes? Mm-hmm. Is it because there are parties in all three of them? Is there a party in every episode? That's one of the questions <laughs> I have. But first, let's throw it to Lauren and Rudy and ask, what do you guys like about the bold type? You know, I don't think most people watch Freeform. So what do you guys like about the bold type? Why does this show strike a chord for you? Is it because both of you study journalism at the University of Maryland? I think that's a big part of it. That is part of it. I personally enjoy it because even though it is about, you know, early to mid 20-somethings who are probably about 10 years younger than I am, they speak like as if they studied journalism at the University of Maryland before <laughs> there was a digital journalism program. So mm. the clearly the people who write for this show are, are much older. Uh, they use terms like dot com, uh, which I really appreciate and connect with. Because if you think about it, like most media is just online now. Uh-huh. So you wouldn't really, there would be no sort of separation between like the print and the digital. But uh, this current season of the bold type, it's all about that like those like, you know, butting of heads between mm. the print people and the digital people. And that's just not a thing anymore. It, hmm. it feels like a very old storyline as someone who works in the print mm-hmm. uh, journalism industry it's but it's, now, you know it's 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 much like the way that people i guess who might be doctors you know like to watch a show like er or whatever you know gray's anatomy and pick at little things about it i think it's i don't know it's fun to watch a show that represents your uh profession uh, in some ways and gets a lot of things wrong but gets some things right i think the show in general it's a lot better than sometimes it lets on. I do agree that the show, just to chime in, it does sort of like surprise you. Most of the time I was annoyed with the tone of it, but then I'll be like, but then there's good things that are happening and I'm interested in the story, which is a lot to say for a pilot that's very like, I guess it's R-rated. Bec- no, is it not? It's not. It can't be R-rated. Like, no. Um, you know, because, like but there's a lot of sex. Hard, you know? it's, it's very graphic for... A network that used to be called ABC Family. <laughs> Did this show More predate so. that name change? It's always I don't think before. so. Oh, okay. Um, what made you guys watch it? What happened was I saw a lot of commercials for it during like other things I would watch, and I think I probably got other started. ABC Family shows. Mm-hmm. Is it is it possible that we were watching that reality show? on E! about Cosmo at that time. Oh, that's probably what it was. So Joanna Coles and like a team of her writers at Cosmo had a reality, a, a very bad reality show. On E! How long did it run for? One, one very short season. Mm-hmm. I believe it was called mm-hmm. So Cosmo. So is Joanna Cole, who the Melora Hardin character yes. is supposed yes. to be, Jan from The Office? Indeed. She's introduced in that pilot. It seems like they want her to be like Meryl Streep in The Devil Wears Prada, but she's very nice. Yeah, she is not that. very nice on the show. (laughs) But that's, I think, sometimes a problem with how she plays that Hmm. character is Hmm. she plays her sometimes like 
she's going to be really mean, but then is is really nice. She's good, but not great on that show. Mm. Uh, let's run through the pilot a little bit just to give context for who these people are. So the three actresses that I mentioned before, Katie Stevens plays Jane Sloan, Aisha D plays Kat Edison, and Megan Fahey plays Sutton Bra- Brady. Uh, and Anybody they... with the name Sutton can go just like take a walk. <laughs> They are. They all work at Scarlet, the magazine. They started as assistants together. Kat uh, eventually became the social media director. Two years ago. That's so, so that's interesting mm-hmm. because they just did an episode where they go back to Jane's first day oh. and when they all meet. And that is not totally true. They anymore. do not all start as assistants together? Not quite. Wow. Well, you know, it's like when you write on a show, you like hope like, ah, two seasons ago, nobody remembers. Let's <laughs> yeah. just like, you know, we need to keep entertaining people. Like, just write something that sort of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, the way that it's introduced in the pilot is that they all started as assistants together. Cap became the social media director. Jane is actually an intern. Sutton was a You know temp. what? I do remember that because there's the moment when the Meryl Streep lady, that's the only way I can refer to her, but I should probably uh, figure out what's Jacqueline. Her. Jacqueline. Jacqueline. At the event, she says like, oh, I was affected by this intern's words of mm. what this magazine means to her. It's like the older sister that I never had. And as she says intern, she looks at Jane and mm-hmm. I guess that's like, you know, explanation that she started there as an intern. And we are introduced to Jane on her first day as a writer at Scarlet Magazine. So she She's no longer an intern. She's now a writer. Sutton, still an assistant. She hasn't quite crossed that threshold yet. That's the big story for her in the pilot, I think, aside from, you know, banging an older dude. Well, Spoiler yeah, alert. Yeah, yeah. You know, she feels left behind, and maybe that's part of why she's banging an older yes. dude. Sutton is engaged in a very inappropriate workplace relationship with a man who works in the law department. Honestly, like, the way she... Is banging that dude like and like doing all this sexual you mean stuff her with technique? work. Do the I way get... she's doing it from, directly from work, sending like taking her for bra at work. Like, there's just like all these things that I'm like, dude, you don't deserve a promotion. You're out of control. <laughs> this is Sam Page as Richard Hunter. This continues. Uh, Where else have we seen him? He plays Joan's rapist husband on Mad Men. Okay, spoiler okay, alert. Okay, there yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. Spoiler Sasha, for Mad Men. <laughs> yeah, what the, season is that? Three, probably. Spoiler for probably three. season three of Mad Men. I just, one quick, Joan's husband is a rapist. I, can I just quickly point out that um, Richard sits on the board of directors? He does not just work in the law department. Now, what I'm seeing here is Richard Hunter. General counsel. A lawyer for the magazine's yes. publishing. No, it also says Again, a member of the board of directors. We've also established that this show does not have a very strong... Uh, reality or backstory so Uh, they can uh, reinvent things if they want now sasha here's something you don't know about our guests they're married i know that (laughs) okay well here's another thing you don't know about them their relationship started as an inappropriate workplace relationship at the university of maryland school paper couples therapy (laughs) rudy was the editor at the what was the diamondback the editor of the entertainment section at the uh diamondback and lauren was a staff writer this is why Rudy didn't want to do this podcast. <laughs> do we think that that's one of the reasons why you like this show? It's, it's be- quite possible. I had never thought about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I could help you <sighs> think about it that way. Hey, so, yeah, Sutton is... I don't uh, judge, but I'm just saying the way they are glamorizing that. They make a very strong point of establishing that Sutton is the aggressor in this relationship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she w- she wants to be 
in a sexual relationship with this man, but also more. She wants more than just sex, we find out by the end of the episode. She wants romance. The way they present her is that, like, she's using him in this feminist way. Like, she's taking on the role of what the man would be mm-hmm. in this work environment. But no, but she also wants to be taken out for dinner. And I was like, oh, man, I wish you didn't. <laughs> you know? But the show has a lot of contradictions okay. like that, where it tries okay. to push a very pro, a very feminist message, and then we'll sort of have some regressive stuff that happens as well i feel like that's a that's a theme of the show at least in terms of the magazine itself right that's kind of like the conflict at least at the in this in the first episode they're trying to do a story about a, a gay muslim photographer and she doesn't want her work to be featured in a magazine that is anti-feminist and so the character cat goes off to convince her to let them right away it's clear they're gonna like hook up eventually well, so, now cat so, says oh i'm straight i'm very proud, I'm straight I'm a as proud hetero that's that's <laughs> so that's, spoiler alert for future seasons there's a lot um, of spoilers in this they season. do uh go down that path and cat decides that she I, does she decide she's bi or lesbian um, well there's you know that period of time when they're in an open relationship and I think yes. she's just a straight up lesbian. Yeah, it seems like that happens later. By yeah, the end of season one, I can see it all just planted in that <laughs> oh, freaking yes. pilot. Man. <laughs> by the end of season one, they've they've fallen for each other in love, and in season three, they've broken up. Mm-hmm. Well, Rudy and I are a couple episodes behind in the current season, but in the last episode we watched, Kat is now in a relationship with another woman who has also said, I'm straight. <laughs> and Kat's like, I've heard this before. <laughs> and and so the, that episode ended with Kat getting a text from Adina. So um, Adina's probably going to be back. An interesting turn of events is that Kat is now uh, an AOC uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez mm-hmm. She's style, running for uh, government? She's running for uh, city council, city council. Oh. Um, but definitely is is they're modeling her after AOC hmm. a bit. So that's what's happening with Sutton and Kat in that first episode. Jane's storyline in that episode is writing an yeah, article. Her A story is the most basic <laughs> of all, but, you know, classic. Yeah, she's writing an article about how to get over your ex or some shit. Question uh, yeah. in the pilot is um, is there a guy named Pinstripes? No. They call Pinstripes. No, no but I saw no. that he's like a big deal for this yeah. show. Mm-hmm. He gives Jane her first orgasm. Wow, Pinstripes. He, he worked at a publication, also owned by the company that owns Scarlet, called Pin, called Pinstripes, I believe. I think his column is called Pinstripes. Or maybe it's his column. He worked for like a men's Is he magazine. like the sports guy? No, he's like the mm. macho, like uh, sex columnist. Older like or stern? A, maybe a couple of years older. Oh, okay. But maybe like yeah. 30. Definitely in real life older. Yeah, uh, yeah they eventually f- get in a relationship, the two of yeah, them. Now, yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, so her storyline's pretty boring in that pilot. And I gotta say... Which, it's interesting that you find that boring because she is definitely positioned as the star oh of the yeah show. absolutely it's, it's know, her show do you know her background do you guys the know? actress or yeah, the character the actress no she was on american idol yeah, we oh, just wow. learned that yes mm-hmm. she was a contestant on american idol but she got pretty far huh. um and then she was on an mtv show called faking it oh she was one of the two leads that's one of the interesting premises one of them fakes being a lesbian or something they i both. believe so they yeah. both do right so to get attention it's, it's huh. interesting, like, how long kind of premise, like, lie premise show right. can yeah, last. And it lasted before. for a few episodes. So it was pretty it successful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it aired alongside another really good teen show called Awkward. Yeah. Well, okay. I want to know, who's your favorite bold type 
Of the three bold types, which one's your favorite? When we were having dinner, I asked Rudy this question. He couldn't answer it. My favorite bold type is Sutton Brigdy. I think that she is a true feminist icon. Hmm. In one of the recaps I was reading, she was described as a secret Samantha dressed in Charlotte clothing. And I thought, like, that was an, an apt description. Uh, and I These really... are sex in the city references mm-hmm. for all of our guy listeners who don't watch that stuff. Well, I mean, clearly, it, this is the millennial sex in the city. Like, yes. that's what yeah. it's trying to be. Yeah. Right. Um, and maybe succeeding, I don't do, know. Yeah. Do you also like that she has a gun? She owns a gun? Uh, she does. You I didn't, didn't get to that, that episode. episode. I think that episode's called Betsy, or that's what she called her. That's what she like, calls her gun, yeah. I believe. Because hmm. um, this show tackles... It's a weird episode. It tackles the top issues of the day, so you know they had to have a gun mm. episode. Very gun glee control. of them to tackle all the <laughs> issues of society. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's exactly, that's mm-hmm. exactly right. Yeah. Sasha, based on the pilot, do you have a favorite bold type? My least, like the least unlikable of them is the pro- least unlikable. Yeah, well, so probably the one you. Yeah, dislike I'm the not least? like obsessed with any of them, okay. but I'd say Cat is my favorite. Okay, she's a little annoying to me in the sense that like she's kind of self indulgent, self congratulatory mm. person, but I also just like. I don't know. I just like her still. And I thought she's the best actress of them, honestly. So mm. she's my favorite. She makes a lot of very poor decisions. Mm. That's also something, on. yeah, a character that I would enjoy. Yeah. Don't we all? And yeah. very, like, she, she can be very aloof. Uh, Rudy, you can't come up with one? You know, it's not so much that say? I like any of them. It's more that I enjoy watching the show. Okay. Well, what's you... going on in your head? I'm I'm actually curious since we're there because I've never met Rudy until today. And I was as I was watching the show, part of me was like, why would a grown man, the hetero, I assume, I don't know what you know my assumptions. You never are, know. You never know. But like, what is the enjoyment of this show for a grown man? I'm not it's... saying I don't like the show, but I'm just questioning it. I mean, I understand. Part of my hesitation for appearing on this show was maybe that. I don't know. It's just I enjoy it. It's a fun, light show to watch. I mean, for the two of us, you know, we used to watch a lot of serious dramas. Mm-hmm. And like I what? Think, you know, well, we mentioned Mad Men mm. earlier. Mm. Um, the, Americans. the Americans is a great example of a show mm. that we stopped watching uh, kind of in the middle. I stopped Breaking it right Bad. after the pilot. Um, <laughs> you know, Breaking the Bad. You I know, watched The, the Americans pilot. The Americans pilot, best pilot I ever, I've ever it's seen. Fantastic. Never watched another episode. That's always a sign that it was not the best pilot. Like <laughs> it's a great I, pilot. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. We reached a certain point where we started watching uh, a lot more lighter fare, mm. and there and there are shows that sort of start as like something we can put on before bed. Well, you do live in Washington D.C., and things are going to be pretty dark out yeah, there. I'll that's... tell you what, I've got that Donald <laughs> Trump in the White House. You know, we, we started... We just lost half of our audience. We look <laughs> we look for things that are like light that we can watch b- before bed, and this appealed to us as, uh, again, as someone who works in journalism. It's fun to, to pop in on a show that tries to represent it today. Even though it does call .com. Yes. Rudy, well, you right, do some work for the dot com, don't you? All the time. It's a fun, entertaining, light show. Is it my favorite show? No. Um, but is it something that I enjoy watching with Lauren? Uh, yeah. And I would say that this show, just like from a writer's perspective, I think it really has a strong 
well-defined characters and it has good push for the story like it just keeps yeah. going like in the pilot there was never a moment when i was like all right we're just staying here too long like it really felt like it was going fast it's it can be a soapy kind it of is teen definitely a show soap, workplace soap but but it's it's like it's one of those shows that is clearly written by people who are too old to be writing a show like this. So you would say that this show, because I was watching it like being like, would a millennial person watch it? And, See, yeah, I think it's I think it's how someone it? who's older or much younger, like a twelve year old. It could be for twelve year olds. Because I that's what I felt like. I was like, this is probably for younger women, like with the, the that way can worry I watch me if yeah. there's twelve year olds watching this show. Mm-hmm. The way I watched The West Wing. As a child, mm-hmm. and thought, "Wow!" I I brought up ER earlier. I watched ER as a kid. The practice, mm-hmm. you know, Law and Order shows like that. Mm-hmm. But those, not for but kids. those characters are not young. Like no. these people are young, and they specifically a spotlight on this is what the young people who are succeeding in the dot com, you know, like what these people are, like the new fresh voices we haven't really examined before in television. So it is interesting that it's like you think it's for older or younger people, but not the for the fresh, demographic. The new fresh voices written by the old stale voices. Are they old? Do we know who wrote? Because I know I about know. the production company and Ruben Fleischer and David Bernard, who are the executive producers on the show. I got a little bit of insider information mm. before this podcast, and it seems like it's more David Bernard's baby, like his favorite or one of his favorite shows that he's uh, produced. And then Victor Nelly is a very successful director that directs a lot of comedy in Hollywood. And he is one of the executive producers as well. And he did not direct the pilot, but he did direct uh, quite a few episodes uh, throughout the series. And he's also supposedly there on the set as an EP, even if he's not directing. So he's just definitely like seems like a lot of, yeah, maybe like not necessarily like young women behind the scenes. Yet the show is about young women. And I wonder, like, who is, like, female directors or female writers? I'm like, who is saying the joke in the pilot when they're like, can we say the JJ? And then Kat, I think, goes, that's so 2006. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, I was just schooled. I mean, I don't know. Like, is it that? I was you like, had I... just written the JJ in a script. Um, and now you feel yeah, foolish. Yeah, like three or four years ago, I think I did. And oh I'm gosh. like, that was so behind. How embarrassing for you. Oh. I think the show was created by women, though. And I, because I was looking it up before we got here. And one, like the main creator, she it looks like she wrote for Parenthood for a number of years, mm. which mm. is one of my favorite shows. It clearly does have female influences. But I would say there are jokes that are made in the show or like, just the way lines are written that it feels like someone very out of touch Mm -hmm. with the millennial generation or whatever the generation is after millennials like gen z or whatever they are clearly not the people Mm -hmm. writing the show sarah watson created the show yes that That sounds that sounds like a woman's name (laughs) (laughs) all those things said it's also it, it is interesting to watch a show about centered around three young strong women you don't necessarily see that a lot and they do try to tackle some heavy issues in pretty effective ways the finale of season one Jacqueline allows Jane to pursue a story about a rape survivor who has kind of turned her experience into performance art and uh 
you find out over the course of the episode that Jacqueline is also a survivor. One of three. <sighs> this podcast is turning to... <laughs> From couples therapy to just the very dark uh, recollection of all social issues. But it's also, it's done very well. There are, and there are some men uh, in the regular cast. You know, there's Richard, uh, there's their co-worker Alex, played by Matt Ward. And they're never the focus of the three episodes I watched. (laughs) They're not. You know, they're always in the background. Actually, it's interesting, in the three episodes I watched, Alex is working with one of the three different leads. Like, in the first episode, it almost seems like they're hinting at maybe Alex and Jane Hell yeah. will have That's a what romantic connection. But that never happens, uh-huh. right? Not. And then by the finale of season one, he and Sutton have kissed and are maybe going to start a re- romantic relationship. But Jacqueline saw them. <laughs> oh, so you... <laughs> no, I, I read the plot for most of the episodes. And then in the... In the season three premiere, Alex goes out clubbing with Cat uh, to kind of lift her spirits up, and Cat kisses him in a I drunken she was moment. Well, right? <laughs> so did she. Also, inadvertently, uh, we sh- we had you screen three episodes where each character is romantically involved with Alex in some wow. capacity. That's wow. what I just <laughs> said. Wow. That's what I said. <laughs> It was more cohesive than when Rudy said it. Journalism. That, that was me realizing what you had just said <laughs> and spelling it out for anyone who didn't get that. Thank you. That's what a good editor does. Uh, yeah, and also the whole party thing. There's a party in each of the three episodes. Is there a party every episode? Almost. A lot okay. of parties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scarlet throws a lot of parties. Yeah. Hey. Um, you know, even though if I were a parent and I had like a 12-year-old at this point in time, I wouldn't want them to watch the show just given like how risque it is. But I also would maybe let them watch it just because it is like the three of them are, I think, good like role models for young women who like want to have careers like and live in New York City and like have big aspirations because I think that they are – three very positive images of like young working women in today's hmm. world. But if you let your 12-year-old daughter watch the show, she's going to become a lesbian. Well, yeah. So. Yeah. so I didn't yeah, think about I didn't that. think about that. Yeah. That's nice. Mm-hmm. So you guys are going to have a child and in 12 years you're going to let them watch your DVD box sets of <laughs> the bold type. Mm-hmm. Will DVDs exist then? We don't have time to talk about this, Rudy. (laughs) Lauren, do you think you would have watched this show when you were 12? Absolutely. I mean, I was a big... I would have too. Growing Mm. up, you know, Stephen, growing up, I was super into like the CW show. Oh, I know. I know it, sister. So so these kinds of shows have always resonated with me. Mm -hmm. You know, before the bold type on Freeform, when it was ABC Family, I loved Greek. Like I always Mm. have kind of liked these shows. Um, so yeah, I would have definitely watched it and I would have like loved to have been them. Like I wanted to be a magazine writer at that time. So absolutely. Sasha, did you have, had you heard of the bold type before this? No. All I've ever seen is there, you, there, you know, uh, there's a freeform billboard, mm. uh, driving out of Burbank on Olive. And I think once for a while it was the bold type, but that's, that's, that's all I knew about it. I did. I, I didn't even know what it was about. Honestly, I think I just thought it was that show Younger 
which I also don't know what that's about. They're very similar. Hmm. Yeah, weirdly they are. We watched that show. But Younger has gone downhill. The bold Mm, types kind of stayed consistently good. Why do you guys think this show hasn't taken off? I think you kind of both already hit on it a little bit. One, it's on Freeform. Mm -hmm. Who watches Freeform? We don't. You can watch it on Hulu or the Freeform app, or we would DVR it in Mm -hmm. the past. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's about... A magazine, a medium that isn't very popular anymore. And let's be honest, it's about three young women. And that's, you know, hard to get traction. True. You know, Ugly Betty was a show. uh, Took place at a fashion magazine, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, starring America Ferreira. Off Superstar. Friend of guest Sean Kearney. Uh, And Jay Hunter. And Sasha Filer. Have you ever met her? I have met her, but I would never in a million years say that she's my friend. Well, you, next time you see her, you should mention Sean and uh, see if she that's, remembers That's it. what we keep saying to each other. Anyway, yeah, that was a show about people working in a magazine. America Ferrera played a famously ugly woman named Betty. It was right in the title. <laughs> and that show was on for a while. Right? That show was popular, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Made her a big star. I watched I, some episodes of that show. I feel like this show is just one of those shows that floats at a certain level of viewers that just keeps it alive. You know, we have a lot of niche shows now. This feels like a show that could, had it taken a couple of years later, could have ended up on Netflix or something mm. like that in a slightly different form and maybe could have done better as a result. Do you think that's the major reasons is the platform? And then, you, Lauren, you said the fact that there are three young women, mm-hmm. which I think that sort of attracts young women, though, to watch... Yeah, but if they don't know about it, right? If they Mm -hmm. don't even know it exists. Mm -hmm. Um, Steven, what do you think about the show? Uh, I always prefer for you to go first because you do the heavy lifting on the scale. I can do that. (laughs) Sasha, what do you think of the bold type? You know, I don't really watch this kind of tone, like shows of this tone. Like, I don't really like fashion in general. Like... Fashion to me... Could have fooled me. I'll tell you, Sasha. Thank I, you. Oh. You're always the most fashionable person oh, at the clubhouse. Yeah. That, well, in the place <laughs> where people wearing uh, black hoodies for the most part. And so I'm often one of them. I honestly just like always like to make fun of fashion because it's a funny thing for me to be serious about. And I know this is not about fashion only, but it definitely glamorizes uh, skirts, jackets, high heels, and things like that. So my scale would be, I would actually put probably at eight or nine, shrill. And I know shrill is different in oh, tone. Oh, the A.D. Bryant show. But it is a similar setup. It just comes from a different, fresh point of view of a bigger-sized woman who is um, trying to speak up for herself, gain her confidence, and succeed in a similar environment. I guess not as glamorous but an environment uh, that's like online publication. Mm. And so actually her pilot story, aside from spoiler alert for Shrill, getting an abortion is also writing a story and for the first time being noticed by her boss. So I really like that show. And surprisingly, it's not very funny at Mm. all. I just mentioned abortion. But um, that show did it for me because it's such a fresh point of view. And I'm very interested in that character. For the bold type, I found it too Disney to like love it. Like it was just like too clean, too cheery. Mm. And I mean, I'm all about like nice technique, like 
acting technique is great in the show. They're like really on point. The directing is so good. I just don't ever like really, like it doesn't jive for me. It's like cheesy is the word. I'm like, that's not how, like, see, I don't know if I want, I want my 12 year old to watch the show because I think it's like a big lie to what life in New York is as a person who lived in New York for eight years. So I understand what it is and I appreciate how it celebrates young women and I also like really like the story with the lesbian Muslim woman like that's she's like my favorite character like and you see like she's a darker character like she has more feelings and she has a lot to say and like she contrasts Mm -hmm. with the other women and I'm like mostly like connecting with her Mm. so this is probably just the taste thing but when I started watching I said oh my god I want to kill myself but like (laughs) you know five minutes later I was like this is not bad. And then I was like, you know, I really like it. If I had more time, I'll probably watch a couple more episodes for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, with most shows, like the pilot is, is kind of rough. Always, yeah. And so it's, this was very clean, very mm-hmm. clear. And um, I was like, you know, this is this is a well done show of uh, what millennial Sex in the City would be. And I definitely would watch this show way before I watched Sex in the City. I mm-hmm. could not stand that thing. Mm. So... I would give it like a five, which is pretty big. Well, can I, something you said resonated with me, Sasha. And I think you're right that it, in a way it's like candy coats like tougher issues. It addresses like the top issues of the day but puts like a soft finish on them. So you don't like you feel like you're getting woke, but you're also like getting like a nice like dose of like – Diet woke. Yeah, it's diet woke. I mm. love that because all, like trademark. <laughs> like they do put tackle, it on a t-shirt. They do tackle abortion in this season. Like there's all different things that they do, but you never leave feeling like that was so heavy for me, which is why we watch it. You don't want it to be heavy. We want the diet woke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, if you know what you're getting into, yeah. What about you, Stephen? Um, okay. If I was gonna make a scale i think i would go for more like a a light workplace drama where like the workplace is not as important as the personal Mm -hmm. interactions right so i'm thinking maybe more like the west wing in that way which is like it takes place in the west wing but it's about (laughs) how is josh lyman denigrating women this week and uh you know if that's if that's at the top of the scale i think i would put the bold type Because it's not, I, for me as well, this is not the type of show that I usually watch. I usually don't watch a, like, slice of life dramedy kind of thing. Um, You you mean for sure, because this is definitely not a slice of life show. Bold bold type? type? I I would call this a slice of life work drama. Yeah. Rudy disagrees based on the look on his face. Sasha disagrees. Lauren gave a half-hearted, yeah. That's She's your right. sister, so you... yeah, it's all right. You guys don't have to agree with me. It's not high concept, I guess, is what I mean. It's not high like, concept, it's but a, it is a heightened. Concept. It's heightened from slice of life. Slice of life is very, very downplayed, and this is cheery, glamorized tone. So mm. it's up, up, up. And the and the workplace is very central to the show. Yeah, but it's about the people. It is about the it is. But... Just like West Wing, the workplace is central to the show, but it's about the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't know. A six? All right. I don't know. Let hey. me talk it out a little bit. Here's the thing. Jane is bad. 
Jane is the worst part of the show based on the three episodes that you I watched. Very that continues. To, uh, okay. You are very sensitive to main characters always, which I like that. Hmm. You have a good radar and like how connected you are to them. Okay. Question. Do you know like Jane's story? Did you get into like the BRCA get it? stuff? I know that she had a BRCA test and I assume she was positive for it. Yes. So she will probably develop breast cancer, right? That's what the BRCA I test mean, is. It's likely. Uh-huh. And so she's had to, like, freeze her eggs and stuff. Right. Yeah, I mean, I got a sense of all of that. Mm-hmm. Her mom died when she was little. Right. The magazine was like an older sister to her. All of it is she, very boring. She leaves the magazine. She leaves the magazine bit. at the end of the a, first season. To go to a place called Insight. Well, and so but this not, is... not Insight. Insight, mm. like start a riot. Mm. So this is part of my issue. By the end of the first season, she is being poached by another publication and the editor-in-chief of that publication is ready to give her her own vertical on the dot-com. Uh, like they've, How can you say no to that? They've mocked up a whole web page, and I don't know why. <laughs> this woman just became a writer. There's so much telling that she's a great writer. You never get a real sense of it. Uh, I thought it was just in the pilot that you don't get a sense of it. The three episodes I watch, I got no. I, got, I I'm hearing a lot of people tell her she's great, and I'm not seeing any evidence of it. I don't know that we've ever read or seen her writing. Well, so that's and I would just compare it with Shrill real quick because you do get the sense of how she's talking. You know whether you get it or not, but she is like really revealing what it's like being a bigger woman, and you know, and like mm. it strikes chord with other women like her. And so I believe that she had like a you know unique fresh voice. But uh sounds like Jane maybe we never really like she's gonna we, sort of stays playing Jane throughout well, so the series. Even, even, she, she grows a little bit. We've uh, thinking about it, we have seen her write at times, so I'm sure like, we've seen a little bit like she does so like all in of that. You know, your mileage may vary with sex in the city, but like every episode has that kind of like bookend of her column, right? The column that she's writing. So you at least get a sense of like the creative voice and, you know, the writer of the show gets to show off their voice through her mouth. But, you know, you get a sense of maybe why people take to this person as a personality. Mm-hmm. And you don't get a, from what I've seen, you don't get any sense of that with Jane. And and even in like the work that she's doing to write her article like in the three episodes i watch you see her interview some people you see her doing some research at no point do i get a sense that she's good at this or knows what she's doing or can engage with she other go-getter human beings at all even in that first episode she's sure not going and getting mm-hmm. well this whole this whole season season three so far is all about a story she's writing it's the entire season so far. It's all dot about com. one story for the dot com. No, no, no. It's for the magazine. Wow. Because oh, right. in the oh, season three premiere, right. she Jacqueline's gets taken an interest. She gets poached by the dot com. But Stephen, I think your point is good because also this season, there's one episode that's very focused on Alex. And mm. that, what you're looking for there, like writing and his voice, like that one episode is so much stronger in capturing that for him as a character than it is for anything with Jane. Like you really find out the person Alex is, is like through this one story he's mm. writing and like you get everything you're asking for in that one episode, but you don't get any of that with Jane, mm. the whole series. And, you know, contrast that with the other two who you know you maybe don't get a sense that they're good at their jobs although sutton eventually cat is, is at, at her social media sure, although she almost gets a woman 
put to death, essentially, mm, yeah, that's um, by by using her social media clout. Uh, by the end of that first season, Sutton has a new job, right? She's working for the fashion department. Yeah, so Sutton is uh, now an assistant for uh, the fashion uh, editor. editor, and she's trying to become a designer. And That's you get a request. sense there that she is, this is something she is good at. She has like interesting She's, ideas. Yeah. And yeah, same with Kat. Like Kat is at, at least has goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you just don't get that at all with Jane. But Jane is so pitched as the main character of this series that it brings down the show for me. Yeah, I, identifying, yeah, with the like perfect, almost like boring leads. is, is It's just, it's just yeah. not where television is these days, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a poor choice. But I think... You know, Sutton is probably my favorite bold type also. She has the most personality of the three, I think. She's uh, probably the best actress of yeah. the three of them. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I'm a, like a tentative six. Like, I think I think the show has is worth watching. Uh, and I agree, you know, it's nice to watch something that's light. And I could see myself, you know, having this on while I am maybe doing something else. And, you know, it would just be playing. Uh, and I would be okay with that. I don't know if I actually will, but I could see myself mm-hmm. doing it. There's um, a reality when that is happening. Right. One right of the now. parallel universes. Yeah. We <laughs> didn't record this episode a... and he's, you know, he's got an episode of the bold type play. Yeah. It's sort of like watching a movie on a plane. You watch a movie on a plane. You kind of just want something light and fun that you can pay attention to. And this is... No planes a, crashing, please. This is a sort of in the real well, life in the, uh, in the movie that you're watching or in the TV show. Oh, you don't like looking over at someone's tray table and seeing that they're watching Lost. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see any planes shaking, crashing, or anything. That's like my big thing. So, I yeah. always, but, yeah, I always like watch a, Sully on the plane. <laughs> do you then life. watch it, Rudy? Do you watch it ironically a little bit? Like, how much of the ironic detachment is I in think, your enjoyment, uh, percentage-wise? There could be a little bit of it there. I laugh both with and at the show, mm. which I feel like it's almost trying. It wants you to do a little Unless bit. you're 12, 12 years old, then you're totally in. And yeah, then I it think... may be more mm-hmm. earnest and sincere mm-hmm. when you're that age. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you two were going to put it on a numerical scale, how would you rate Freeform's The Bold Type, created by Sarah Watson? You know, if I'm going to create a scale... I'm probably going to put it on a scale of of those other shows of similar sort of tone and demographic. So I'm thinking of shows like Greek or, you know, Awkward or other shows that are for, you know, I I would say this show is really, it's not really for 12-year-olds, it's more for like 16, 17-year-olds. So if I'm thinking about it in... In terms of that scale, I'd probably give it like a seven. It's like okay. a solid seven for me. Where's Greek on that scale? Greek is more like an eight and a half. Wow. I really like Greek. Where's Awkward? Um, so Awkward's first season yeah. is really good, but mm. the rest of it's pretty Where's bad. the first season on that um, scale? I would say that's probably a solid eight as well. Where's yeah. Teen Wolf? I uh, never watched didn't, that show. Didn't watch it. No. Mm. What about Kyle X Y? <laughs> yeah, where's Kyle X Y? Don't know. Don't know that show. Rudy, what about you? Uh, I would also say a seven. Mm. It just it feels like you know it's it's like passing. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> it does what it does. It's a C show. Yeah, it's, it does what it does pretty well, mm-hmm. and uh, I enjoy. I look forward to it every week. 
Well, it's interesting because we live in such a platinum age of television. There's so many shows. Like, how does anybody even make television? Like, it's so hard for them to find anybody to watch them because there's other shows that they're competing with. And, like, finding the time to watch something like this, you have to like it a lot, you oh, know? Yeah. yeah. So, seven is almost, it feels like too low Sasha for how wants much you guys you... to give it a higher number. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, what about a C plus? Oh, Let's not put grades it, on it because that's making it sound it's, worse. It's just that, like, if, if if I only like if you're like you can only watch five shows for the rest of the mm-hmm. year, mm. it's probably not gonna be on Let's my Let's move away but from I love things it. that make it sound worse. That's, Would you rewatch the bold type ever? Like, if not for this um, podcast, board? definitely, maybe. Mm-hmm. All right. That's it for the bold type. That's it for the bold type. Which also is, I didn't realize it was two meanings, right? It's a play on words. Yeah, I didn't realize that. They don't talk about things being in bold enough mm. on the show for me to yeah. have gotten that mm-hmm. before yeah, earlier you gotta today. Know. You got to uh, know about magazines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it for the bold type, and that's it for Lauren and Rudy. Sasha, where can people see us? They can see us every second and fourth Thursday of the month at 9 o'clock at Moving Arts Theater on Hyperion in Silver Lake, California. That's right. Come on out to the Direct-to-Video Awards, y'all. Thank you, Elizabeth Salute, for artwork. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Andrew Hayworth, for our theme music. Thank you, Carlton Gillespie, for promo videos. And thank you for listening. (laughs) 